Hello and welcome to the Fence podcast. Uh, Simon here, um, joined by Fence End regulars Fraser, Liam, and Paul. And um, we're also joined by by somebody who's been on the on the podcast before, um, but is is joining us in uh, in his role as chair of Oxfox, and that's Paul Peros. Hi, Paul. How are you? Hi, I'm very well, thanks. It's great to be back. Good, good. Yes, great to have you. Um, we're going to make this sort of very much a um, a, a stadium focused pod. We'll we'll talk about um, the the football and the transfers and all of that sort of stuff on another pod. But uh, I think today. Um, it's it's that important that we need to 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 talk about. Um, Never did we ever think that we would beat <laughs> Fleetwood and then no, not discuss not, it on the next. Not that we're talking about it. Absolutely, we <laughs> might yeah, sneak uh, in somewhere. <laughs> yeah. We can we can squeeze it in. But yes, Captain Pugwash was only played once. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, and a two-one win in but, but horrendous conditions. Happened twice. So. Yes. Yeah. Well. It, it's funnily enough, there were only only fans on three sides of their ground as well. So all this kind <laughs> of you know three sided stadiums and and triangles and and the like. Um, well, obviously, well we'll 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 dive straight in. Uh, the cabinet meeting on uh, Tuesday of next week. I've, I've downloaded the agenda for that, and at the top, well, I won't read the whole thing because it's pages and pages. But essentially, the first thing at the very top of the agenda, item one. The cabinet is recommended to authorise officers to enter into negotiations regarding heads of terms with Oxford United Football Club to agree the commercial terms on which Oxford County Council could lease land to the east of Freezeway, south of Kidnington Roundabout, known as the Triangle, to OUFC for the development of a new football stadium, blah, 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 and it goes on. But essentially, the cabinet are being recommended to go into negotiations with, with Oxford United. So I suppose ultimately that... That's a good thing, Paul. Paul Peros. I'll, I'll, I'll say Paul P if that's okay. Just so we. we different I've been <laughs> <laughs> but I think read. There's an awful lot in that agenda, but ultimately that that I, you know, to my eye, untrained eye, is a positive. You know, the cabinet are being recommended to enter into negotiations. How does that? You know, you you've obviously looked at that agenda. How does that read to you? Yeah, absolutely the same. Um, it is very positive news. They didn't have to come out um, before the cabinet and and uh, and bring that out. And I think it's a, a signal of intent. Um, it's not signed, sealed, and delivered. This is politics, um, and uh, um, we need to keep fighting really um, and convincing them. So the decision will be made, um, you know, after the council meeting. So that's still the focus of our attention, um, making sure we've we've done everything we can as supporters to to get us over the line there. But but yeah, really positive news. Obviously, with all these things, they there's a little bit of wording around them that that requires caution. But 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 yeah, generally very positive. Like you say, you know, it, it's by no means a done deal. You know, in terms of anyone listening to this, fans, you know, whether you're a fan of Oxford or you might have just seen that this podcast was up there and we're talking about the stadium what you know what can people do what can fans do what can people who are in support of the stadium you know what are the, what are the things that we want fans to do you know before next tuesday's meeting yeah well, we've been working really hard at, at trying to simplify this process and, and let supporters know our members and supporters know what they can do to to help help us along and, and help the club along in its aims um primarily um the first thing on the list is is writing to your um to, to the county council cabinet 
Um, all of the details for that, in fact, all of the details for all these three points are, are on the Oxvox website, which is oxvox.org. Um, .uk. Uh, <laughs> in, yes, indeed. Um, uh, and it couldn't be simpler. No, we, we've tried to make it really simple on there because, um, you know, we're trying to encourage as many people to do it. So um, first on the list is, is writing to the county cabinet. Not just about, I mean, these are very... Uh, you know, individual things that, that that you can express your support for the stadium, what the club means to you, what it means to the community. Um, but also, while it seems like they're recommending uh, going forward, there is a chance that that this thing will be dragged out over a, a long time, these negotiations. So, so urging them to push forward um, uh, and make the decision quickly because, you know, at the end of the day, our club's in peril, um, if not. Um, so that that's the first. Um, the second being the petition, which we've had going for some time. Um, it's had a massive boost lately, which is great. We're through the seven thousand mark. Um, that's really easy. To, it's just an email on the on the website. If you can get everybody who cares about this club and cares about the community and, and the community stadium to sign that again, oxox.org.uk. Um, uh, you can go on there and you can find it. And uh, the third thing is we've opened up a free membership. It's a limited membership. We're calling it associate membership, but we will send you all the, the stadium related stuff. You'll get our, our, um, the Vox, which is a, a, a newsletter, which um, somebody not a million miles from here works very hard on, does a brilliant job on. Um, the, the key to that is keeping you informed, letting, giving us uh, a, a mechanism to keep you informed, but also giving us the numbers we've had since we released it. We've had a hundred people uh, join. We want to make that a thousand people um, at least, uh, and really go to the council and say, "Here are our numbers. Here, here's the support. Here's the petition. Flood them with letters, uh, uh, and and it it becomes impossible for them to ignore." So um, that long-winded uh, speech is is <laughs> what we can do at the moment. Yeah, those those two things. I mean, Fraser, you've you've had some sort of uh, background in in local politics, and I, I I suppose you know, I think I don't know if it was you said somebody said it's a numbers game in a way. You know, it, it's yeah. these these are elected representatives. There are elected representatives. You know, they there's a certain amount of they, well, they they do what we ask them to do, and if if we we as fans don't step forward and and let them know what we'd like them to do in a polite and you know open yeah. manner, let's you know, I think from that point of view Oxford fans have been fantastic you know we've, we've we've had to put up with a little bit of niggling from the other side a little bit of you know name calling and, and all sorts and I think in the vast vast majority of Oxford fans have realized that look let's let's not paint ourselves in sorry let's not you know be how those people have painted us we're you know we're all professional people etc you know but but writing to a counsellor you know is is what it's all about it you know making making your voice heard through your counsellor no absolutely yeah and you know i I think it's it's important to remember that that um you know the residents of anywhere you are the council i mean the reason there are our counsellors is because we can't fit you know seven hundred thousand people into a council chamber so we say okay well well let's elect people on our behalf to to do that for us in our interest and and it it works on numbers it works on democracy um whatever the most people seem to want and whatever makes sense uh, on on various different reasons you know be it financially environmentally um what's in the best interest of the community long term 
is generally what what should happen. Um, obviously, like you say, it is, it is politics. There are differing opinions, um, and I think there's there's a few important things to to keep in mind for next week as well. And one of the key ones is that the, for anyone who's unaware, this meeting is not providing a green light to build a stadium. So, and that's not me trying to put a downer on anything. The point I'm trying to make is should the meeting end and we've got the go-ahead to have the discussions about the lease of the land, that's not suddenly licensed to start attacking people as if we scored some sort of victory in any way. Uh, I don't think anyone would do that, but in case anyone is thinking of doing that, absolutely do not do that. We're nowhere near over the line, and the, the battle that we that lies ahead is, is the planning committee of Cherwell District Council, who will have to agree to whatever Oxford United put forward if they get to that position. Mm. So the, 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 fight, the fight isn't over next Tuesday. It's, it'd be you know, very positive if we can have it go our way. But uh, it's going to a completely different council after that down the line that will have to approve the, the, the build of this. There's a lot of different moving parts here. Um, and it's the, the main point I'm trying to get at is, um, well, I think we've been pretty good as a fan base at conducting ourselves in an appropriate way and there's no reason that should change after next tuesday well, can i ask <laughs> from um from my point of view i'm i'm an exile oxford fan i live in dorset so if if i do i email the same council and, and does it have any impact whatsoever if i do or am i just signing the petition uh, no i'd say all of it because um as as much as you are now Outside the county, you are a regular visitor to the county. The football club matters to you. You're, you, you know, you're there every other week, um, and uh, and so yeah, your your opinion matters. I mean, people have tried to people who oppose us have tried to make um, make question of the fact that we had a wide response, uh, you know, and a, a few numbers from you know far far flung destinations. I think that just points towards the the appeal of the club and the pull of the club. Um, at the end of the day, if you're visiting um, Oxford um, regularly, especially to to see the football club, then you have a vested stake on, you know, in where we are. Um, I have heard sometimes. Um, I, I saw a tweet from a, a politician that said, "I'm looking at weighing up um, the interests of the residents and the interests of the fans," and and I'm bewildered that people still fail to connect that, that we are fans but we are residents we are locals we you know we live elsewhere we are part of this community you can't just box our our opinion into one box and say well they're supporters of course they're going to agree with it we're also local residents so our, our voice matters yeah we we also will be spending our money locally it's it's not like when i go to oxford for the football i go go into the stadium watch the match and leave there are other things I do when I drive an hour mm. and a half to go somewhere and watch a football match. I do other things in the area as well. Um, and as much as football fans uh, earlier on, Simon, you mentioned can be painted in a bad light because of a very, very small minority. Uh, you know, we, we are customers to mm. local businesses. We are customers to the club, obviously, um, as has been previously mentioned this season. Um, but we are, you know, we are supporting whichever area this stadium ends up being in. We are providers for the local businesses. 
Absolutely. I, there was a I, I can't remember the exact figures, but the um, whether it's in the in the agenda, I'm not sure. But the football club has a huge positive impact on the on the city and on the county in terms of the finances it brings in, in terms of the of the of the jobs directly that it that it impacts on. Um, you know, the the the. The history of the club, you know, is is there for everyone to see. 125 plus years now, um, and and it's it's always it started off to have a, a you know a positive impact on something for the cricketers of the of Headington to do when the cricket wasn't on. It was like you know it was it was a uh, you know a, a reverend that started the football club to to keep people on the straight and narrow. And I think it's done that. Through its hundred and twenty odd eight years, hundred thirty, isn't it? Hundred thirty, yes, it will be. yeah, yeah. My maths isn't great. It is. You're right. You know, it's, <laughs> a, it's it's that length of 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 an institution in the in the city. Probably only really, only the university has been in the city for longer. You know, the car factory won't have been around then. You know, it it it's been part of this city and part of this county for for such a long period of time and and had such a positive impact on people's lives over that period of time that the the next three years could well could will probably be the most important if if this stadium doesn't happen you know we've we've all seen you know the 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 issues with the kasam and the lease or the license is ending in in just over three years time you know it i Back to you, Paul P. You know, it, it's it is that important, isn't it? You know, th- this could threaten the you know the 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 future of the football club. Oh, it's massively important to, to address your the, the first point. It, you're absolutely right, Lee, and the financial uplift is is massive. But also, there'll be a financial uplift of a couple of years where where you know the building work's going on and and the construction related to that. You've also got the infrastructure that will be going in. So it, it's a massively important step for the community, not just, just the club. And, and, you know, talking about all the, the positive benefits of the club, I, I happened to done a, um, my degree was in psychology and I, I, I studied football stadia for my dissertation and, and the, the benefit mentally to, uh, to, to the mental um, uh, stability of, of an area He's greatly improved by a football club. It's it's a, um, a a valve to release pressure, really. Um, so actually, the benefits uh, of this club are, uh, go even beyond what you know the pleasure that we deem from it. Um, in terms of what it may do to the club if we don't get this, it, it's huge. I mean, we keep hearing, you know, you can go anywhere. This is just a financial thing. People who don't understand football, who have no concept of, of, of the enjoyment of the community that we get from our game, will just say, oh, it's just a business and they're just trying to make money. There are business people involved. And of course, they want to make money. They want the, the, the club not to be draining money. They want to be making money. They want to make some themselves and they want a sustainable club that's being successful. But the community as a whole is massive around football. Um, and if we are led to the point where um, we have no stadium and we have nowhere to play, that could finish the club. And when I say finish, I mean, put us completely out. Um, we've all seen clubs um, disappear down the leagues and disappear out of existence. So we need to come back, you know, seven leagues down, um, trying to fight their way back. It's a horrible story and you hate to see it. And, and we could be in that position if we don't sort our uh, our stadium situation out. 
Uh, Paul, could we ask, because obviously we all know the answer to this, but there could be people listening to this who, who are on the other side of the argument. Um, the very first thing that always comes up is, well, why don't Oxford United just stay at the Kassam Stadium? It was only built 20 years ago. What What's the problem? Could you lay out exactly what the problem is? Funnily enough, I was speaking to somebody um, massively connected to Football Stadia um, earlier today, and they were saying... Football Stadia have a have a shelf life of about 25 to 30 years. Right. And the older stadium you see nearly bear nearly no resemblance to the original buildings. Each stand has been... <laughs> it's Trigger's Broom, isn't it? It's Trigger's <laughs> Broom, exactly what it is. Um, uh, and that's definitely a case. We know that the Kassan was built of a design that was, what, 15 years previous? It was, it was designed... When Robin Hurd was trying to, um, I'm sure you all know the story, um, Robin Hurd was the owner who was a supporter of the club. It was his idea to build this stadium, to, to move us away from, from the manor, which was um, heartbreaking, but absolutely necessary. It was completely unsuitable. Um, he designed, he, he had it designed. Um, he started to build it. Um, the finances ran out. The couldn't agree certain things with the council uh, and, and, I remember it, I, you guys probably won't, this, um, you know, half-built steels sticking out of the ground for some time um, where we couldn't progress. So the design of the stadium is very old anyway, old predates the the actual um, uh, the actual stadium. The stadium itself, because of the uncertainty, because um, uh, nobody really knew what was going to happen going on going forward, requires a great deal of work just to bring it up to standard um so actually in a bizarre way it's an older stadium than it actually uh, appears in the book um uh, but also clearly it has one side missing um there's a lot of money to go in there most importantly mr kazan doesn't want to sell it the question's been asked by um the club the question has been asked by ourselves. I've had meetings with him. You know, perfectly reasonable guy to sit down with and chat. He's a businessman. It's absolutely his right to decide whether the, he sells his property or not. And it's never, it's never, I've never seen an opportunity where I thought, well, maybe now. It's, it's, it's always been shut down very quickly. So for people to say just buy the, the stadium, okay, convinced somebody to sell it and, and, and we'll have a go. But, you know, we approached with a community bid um, uh, because it was, he was, he, he had said um, previously that um, uh, he didn't want to sell to other owners. He, he felt they wouldn't do a decent job with it. We came to him as a community said, we'll buy it with a community bid. And we looked at the funding of that. We looked at various things of that. Um, never got the, off the ground. Absolutely his right to say that, but, but he wasn't interested in selling that. So we have no option, really. We have no option. If we want our own ground, we have to go and build it. And even, even if you know he doesn't sell the ground to us, the licence runs out in three years' time. In 2026, the licence that we have with him to play football matches there ends, and he's not renewing. He's, he's told the club doesn't want to renew. So we're in a situation where even if the stadium is there, you know, we can't play in it. It's it is. Yeah, I mean, it's, as, as you know, Simon, and, and and as most people know, it's very difficult as it is now. We we are because we don't own it because 
we get very little revenue out of the ground. We can't, um, you know, we can't maximize or, or, or get revenue from um, uh, from any of the, the the events outside of football that go on there. The club shop is outside of the ground. It's and all these things we can't demand because we don't own it. We can't mm-hmm. we can't steer our destiny um, and make revenue that feeds back into the club if we don't own the ground. And you know, for the people that don't know that the owners that are here now didn't sign us into this license agreement. You know, they bought mm-hmm. it with this license agreement running. Now, you know, that's fine to say, well, they bought it that way, but that doesn't mean to say we have to sit there and do nothing about it and watch the club stifle and and wither and potentially die. We've got mm-hmm. to go out and do something. The, the license is running out, as you say, and we've got an option and we think a very good one in front of us. And we've got to do everything we can to try and make that make that come to life. It's a very outdated stadium as well. Like just the concept of it, the huge car park, that sort of thing. A stadium built today wouldn't have that in. You'd you'd have the the systems of you know park and ride. You'd have various different better ways to get to and from the ground that are eco friendlier. You know, it, it's just if some you know, you did own that stadium, you'd have the first thing you'd do is knock it down and start again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting. You, you mentioned that, you know, the transport links and mm. we are apart from Forest Green we're the furthest football ground away from either train station, tube station or tram stop, you know, like you have in, in Sheffield, Manchester, places like that. We're the second furthest away. Moving on from the Kassam and, and let's start talking about potential new stadiums, we would then be the second closest the, the the closest is st james park down in exeter which is literally a, across the road is there is the train station and and i think it's a branch line as well we would be if we move to stratfield break triangle we'll come on to the the alternatives there we would be within walking distance we would be the second closest to a major transport hub of any football club and i think that you know, just myself, I live in, in Tame. I'm, you know, I drive to pretty much every game unless occasionally I go into Oxford for a drink with friends beforehand or an after. But that's two buses worth. You know, it's it's not easy to get to. Being across the road from uh, from Oxford Parkway Station, just off the A34, with, like you say, Paul, you know, park and ride and, and facilities there. The, 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 the green credentials that a lot of people have talked about, you know, um, at the new stadium... Well, we're looking at, uh, I think the club are looking at a 90% travel by public transport. And, and Paul P, you know, that the, the, that's one question, you know, people have said, is Stratfield break now off the table? Um, I guess it, it still is, you know, it's still on the table. There's still discussions to be had. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you as you say, the club are aiming for, for 90% and, and people call that pie in the sky. It really isn't. If you, we are... You know, uh, we are beasts that that prefer the simple life. If you make it simple and easy for us to get a drink, jump on a train, be there in 20 minutes from town or 15 minutes from town, whatever it, it takes, um, uh, on a direct line, you'll park and ride there. We will take the easy option and that, will, and that will be the easy option because there won't be parking there. They won't put a lot of parking there. We're at about 
85% car usage at, at, at the Kassam, which is horrendous. Mm. You see everybody lining up and their engines chugging away after a game. Uh, and it's horrific to think of the amount of, of pollution that's being spilled out when we could have, uh, you know, a very eco-friendly stadium itself, but also have really, um, really um, eco travel systems connected to it you couldn't really pick a better spot in those terms and you've got to remember our owners that's very much you know um their their thrust they these these guys were at um cop 22 i believe it was um uh meeting people you know pressing the the virtues of um sustainable uh travel sustainable building you know that that will be the key word to this this um, construction, if, if we do it, so yeah, absolutely, um, will will work better than than a very outdated Kassan. Well, the it, a, a, a sort of an example of a lot of people taking public transport. Old Trafford, obviously, Manchester United are a bigger club than we are, um, and therefore they house seventy five thousand people. A comfortable. I would say 95% take the metro there because there's a metro stop <laughs> hundreds of metres away from the stadium. Even if you say that's 80%, 60,000 people are taking the metro to there. If, if, that, so if those sort of numbers can happen there, a few thousand Oxford fans can get from Oxford to, to Stratfield Break or, or you know wherever... The, the stadium is Absolutely. It, it, you don't need that massive car park we've got the only reason we need it is because there's no other way and the the station is so key as well because in by the if if this stadium project can happen um what will be in use by then is two things one is east west rail um, yeah. which links Bista to bedford milton Keynes. uh Bista, a town that's already linked to birmingham and london um, and is 11 minutes down the line from Oxford Parkway. Um, and there was news last week about the Cowley Branch Line, um, which is a lot of money is hopefully going to be put into that to link Cowley back up to Oxford City Centre. So any fans who currently walk to the Kassam from um, Blackbird Lees should have a, a new option um, to, to get quickly from uh, from there into the city centre and out to the stadium. And I think that the, the the rail thing is is so key to this project and basically links a lot of a lot of the country up to the location of the ground. I was gonna say the same thing. That east-west link you know is going to be so important not just to the football club but to to Oxford as well. You know you to get to Oxford Parkway station in a few years obviously at the moment Paddington comes out to there uh, Marleybone comes out to that, like you say, with with the two stations in Bicester, you're linked up to um, to the Birmingham stations, uh, yeah. and and like you say, once you go across um, and you're hitting, getting into into Bedfordshire and over to Milton Keynes, major interchange there. It's going to make getting to the stadium for people so much easier. It's it it'll you know we have a, a wonderful city um, and, and making it possible for people who are visiting to come to the football club to make a weekend of it. You know, that, that whole thing about the, the, the money that, that it brings in, um, which it, you know, it does, it, it, it generates so much tourism, you know, the, the city anyway, but to, to have a world-class stadium there for people to go, you know what, we'll, we'll, 
you know, we'll add in a visit to a football match. Who are they playing this week? Because it, it make, it's easy to get to, it's attractive. It, it's just got, you know, a positive written all over it. And, and like you say, you know, we left the manogram, which wasn't fit for purpose. You know, it, it, we left there back in the time when, when football wasn't a family sport, particularly nowadays. It's, it's, it's part of that leisure pound. You know, it, it, it's more than just the football fans that, that are stereotype football fans. It's, it's such a, such a family sport now. And, and, and it, it, you know, going, going on to, you know, women's sport, kids, kids going and watching it. Um, you know, the women's team playing at the new stadium, which they can't at the moment. It's, it's just, there's so many positives. I think almost all, you know, there's obviously the negativity, which is fair enough. And obviously the planning will give people plenty of opportunity to challenge what this stadium is going to potentially look like, how it's going to be mm. cited, what's going to be there. You know, like you said earlier, Fraser, this isn't a green light to, yeah, on Tuesday, they'll say, go ahead, build a stadium. There's so many hurdles mm. to get over before we get to that point. But, but you know, there, there's so many positives, you know, uh, 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 linked with having a successful football club in your county. Well, this, this sort of... Um... Obviously, you've said Stratfield break isn't isn't off the table. It's still discussions to have there. But one thing that's been talked about is the fact that the initial thing was, look, we'll be able to house all of these other or help out other sporting clubs and so on if it's there. If it's at a facility that that um, impacts other clubs, we'll help house them. Mm. If it's not there anymore, is that need still there? So do those clubs get help? Well, build a stadium somewhere and infrastructure is needed. The infrastructure that is needed will get built. That's how it will all work. But as soon as the stadium isn't there, that infrastructure that people are asking for in general, if there's no need for it, if there's no stadium there, that stuff will fall by the wayside. So in order to upgrade everything that we're just talking about is to give it a need. And the only way to have that need is to have the stadium. Mm. Yes, I mean, that's a perfectly put point. It, it's, had it been at Stratford Broken, sorry, I didn't really answer that part of the question. Yes, it's still on the table. The council have uh, argued against it, but in the same way, it's not a done deal that we get the triangle. It's not a done deal that we don't get Stratfield break. So we still think it's it's um, a viable effort to, to, to be looking at both. Um, uh, and, and I know the Huck Club have contingencies for both, but um, but but you know the triangle makes a lot of sense for, uh, in a lot of ways, so 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 that works. But uh, yeah, it, it, it's absolutely um, a bed, a, a focal point that can. I mean, obviously, if we're we're at Stratford Break, we're relocating people, we're 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 fixing pitches that are, you know, and I played on these pitches. They're they're often flooded. They're 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 hard work to maintain. You know, we're helping with all that, but the club really want to be involved in the community. They are now, they're involved in the community they're in. They've, you know, got their own, you know, um, community charity. They, you know, we do a lot in the community and they want to be involved with the local sports teams. Imagine having a, a professional sports team a few hundred metres away from you and being able to share facilities, training, um, you know, being able to help in so many ways. Um, and, and you think of the tens of thousands of, of kids and adults who are connected to those sports uh, and all of those sports teams support this endeavor um you're talking about a lot of people who will be benefited by what it will be a community stadium 
Yeah, think, absolutely. Oxford, Oxford got United a... for a reason. United <laughs> is it, it's not an accident that that word is there. Yeah. You've only got to look at, at how much of an impact the training ground has had on what the club are able to do, like you say, in the community with, with the academies, with, with children's sport and all that sort of stuff where, where, you know, going back five years, five, ten years ago, we didn't own our ground. We didn't own a training ground. We essentially kind of homeless and the, the building and, 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 and the, the, the training ground development there by the football club, by the people that are involved in the football club now shows what is possible on a small scale with the facilities they have there and, you know, everything they do within the community to be able to do that on a larger scale with a stadium that we own, that we can use, that we can develop even more um, sort of community based projects. I think it, it, you know, it, it's mind blowing, really. When you, when, like you say, you consider how much we do now without our own stadium. The, the possibilities of doing that with a stadium, with the facilities there, would just be fantastic. And like, like you say, Liam, you know, it, it, it's, it is, it is for the community. We are united. It, it's a county club. You know, Ox, Oxfordshire has, has, you know, a lot of biggish towns that that feed into Oxford for the football club. It, it, it could, it could be, you know huge and and having you know a, a successful football club does so much for for people's sort of positivity and everything around that and it's it, it it yeah it's it's a huge bonus for the for the county that we have a, a successful club even with the one hand two hands tied behind our back well it's it's obviously it's for the club and it would be owned by the club but it's not even just that is it like i, I live in bournemouth now as i said earlier we have under 21 international matches at, at Bournemouth Stadium. We're talking about a stadium that would, in terms of um, facilities, would be more suitable for that sort of thing. And having, having worked in theatres for many years, you, you put on shows every so often that make the theatre no money because you, you end up like, I, I'm sorry, I haven't a clue. You put that on, you don't make any money from it. But at the beginning of the show, they say, hi, we're recording this in x mm. and all of a sudden that that makes the area more interesting it it brings it, it it sort of brings interest to that area and it helps of course it does people see a beautiful part of the world that they wouldn't have seen before they wouldn't have heard about before because you know the under 21s are playing there or because arsenal are playing there you know it, it doesn't matter those it that interest builds and and makes the area more appealing yeah, I know. Sorry. I know that um, with Bournemouth, them getting to the Premier League, suddenly Bournemouth was recognised abroad. People yeah, knew just because of match were, the day. In the Premier League. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it it just it's such a boost, and the amount of kits that you suddenly saw being worn all around, whatever, it really did kind of boost the town, um, and. There's no reason why Oxford can't do the same. Obviously, the name Oxford is known worldwide anyway, but to get it known for us from a sporting point of view, and as, as we've said before, we we're not just building a stadium. We want to be the lead in building a green stadium. We've put that on the record. Mm. You know, we we are the driving force behind. 
you know, to other clubs in the future trying to boost themselves. And we've got the right people behind us to do it who've done it before in other countries. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're a, a city that's known all around the world for, you know, possibly the most famous university in the world. We have, we have a brand of car made here, Mini, that is known around the world. Just recently, you know, we, we developed the first vaccines to be administered in this city. And it would be nice to have a, a sporting institution, if you like, that is of equal standing you know that that mm. isn't isn't a bit of a oh yeah that there there's a football stadium over there but don't worry about that kind of ignore it walk past it 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 would be nice to have something that in 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 a sporting environment that we can be proud of as well it, it would be nice not just to be embarrassed of where where people from outside of oxford come and get their first potentially first view of oxford um you know to a three-sided stadium in in a difficult to access place um, um, with a massively busy car park because that's the only sensible way to get there. It, it, it really would. And we are... With the sewage works. <laughs> with the sewage works wafting pleasantly uh, uh, <laughs> behind. I mean, it's... Um, Oxford is a massively recognised um, uh, centre of learning, um, of tourism. Uh, uh, and so, it, you know, we're known the world over, but that extra appeal having a world-class community stadium there um adds to that fabulous cachet and reflects on the 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 city very well but also um you know our tourism I, this was this these figures were years back so so i won't you know be quoted on them but i i worked for many years in in the tourist industry and we were the third uh, most popular tourist destination in great britain uh, at, at that point but way down the list in terms of how long people spent. People were going from London through Oxford, quickly looked, seeing the university, not spending any money, and, and off they went to the Cotswolds or, or on to their next de destination, and they didn't spend the money. If you've got a world-class stadium where people are saying, you know what, like Liam said, we're taking a game whilst we're here. You know, Oxford have got up into the championship. They're playing massive clubs. Uh, you know, let's let's pop in and see them. We've got a fantastic catchment area. You know, we're talking about away fans, but also we've got a massive catchment area of casual fans who love football, who are not particularly affiliated to one club. Who go, do you know what? It's really easy to jump on the train. Forty minutes, we'll we'll be at the ground. We'll go and watch a game. We'll, we'll get a bite to eat in Kidlington. We'll we'll buy a few tops. We'll, we'll do a bit of shopping. We'll maybe go to Bista Village, and then and then we'll head back. All these things keep people in the city and keep people spending money in the city and that matters that matters to people in the city it keeps us employed mm. and, and that is as as paul said earlier paul like friends and pod paul not paul p oh, right. paul that's confusing <laughs> um 15 years ago in bournemouth town center you saw more oxford shirts than you saw bournemouth shirts that is really not an exaggeration it wasn't many but you saw no bournemouth sh shirts you saw southampton um Bournemouth based their stadium originally on the Kassam Stadium. So they had the three stands and went, oh, it works for Oxford. They then put the fourth stand in. They've built up. They've done it that way because they can. Their, their whole journey came from the new build stadium. And that can happen to us. And, and already you can be in the centre of Oxford and see plenty of Oxford shirts. So we're starting from a better standpoint. I, it's... 
there's, it, it could just be so exciting. And to see it all happening is, is potentially like, it's history being made. It's the beginning of a journey. Um, yeah. yeah. You're absolutely, you've only got to look at, you know, to get from Oxford to Wembley on the train is about 40 minutes. And every time we've played at Wembley, we've taken 30,000 plus fans to, to a game there. The, 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 the groundswell of support for the club in the county is huge. Yeah, only, I say only, it's a huge number. We, we have eight or 9,000 fans go there most weeks. You know, there's maybe, I don't know, around about 5,000 season ticket holders, that kind of number. But the number of people that will go to a game once or twice a season is huge and make, like say, make that easier for them and it grows even more. Um, you know, and, and it's that, putting it in the right place is, is such an important thing. And it's that kind of takes you, takes you on to another question as well. Why can't it be somewhere else? You know, why does it have to be there? And it's, you know, the club have spent an awful lot of time looking at potential sites, suitable sites or, or sites that you perhaps think, well, that could work. And ultimately it doesn't. And it's, you know, it's not for want of trying it. I, I've, you know, I've got, my my late uncle was was chairman of the football club back in the late sixties, early seventies. I when he passed away, I I got a load of his papers. You know, he he was a, a real he kept everything, and I've got plans of stadiums that they were looking at trying to build in about nineteen seventy. So it, this has not been you know it, it's been decades in in the planning, and and like you said earlier, Paul, you know the the, the Kassam was was started to be built then it stopped it was kind of rushed to get finished and it's never never been you know a, a particularly nice place to go to and you know yes there's an argument is it eco to knock down a stadium and build a new one well ultimately if you're you've got to look long term for those kind of gains that it will once you get people out of their cars and into the trains that's fantastic the site at the Kassam maybe that goes for housing you know once once the club have, have found a new stadium and and that will cut down on on people having to travel into oxford for work because house prices in oxford are, are astronomical affordable housing that kind of thing so it's 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 more than just oh you want to build a stadium here that's going to be terrible that it it has such a knock-on effect as well elsewhere yeah there's so many facets to this that that, that we know that I mean, there, there will always be a hardcore, um, and, and sometimes it's a very small um, minority who are diametrically opposed to, to, to this happening. And it's very hard to put an argument across because they just don't want it to happen. Um, all of the arguments, are, you know, and I had lists of them and I used to go through them because it's very important to me that, that people get heard on both sides, um, mm. you know, and, and some of their arguments are very relevant and some of their fears are relevant. And it's important that we answer those. And, you know, we answer, we did the, the, the club's FAQs um, in, in the last few days and, and posted them on the website, um, and, you know, and so, so it's, it's important that we answer questions both to, to people who support it, but, but the people who don't. Mm. And, uh, but, but some of them just won't accept, you know, that, that, there are positives to this because they don't want it in their backyard. And you know what, that's, that's their right. And then that's their right to, 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 um, you know, make a lot of noise about that. But at the end of the day, there was a list of, I remember having a, a list of the reasons why they didn't want Stratfield break. And when you talk about the, the, 
triangle, every one of those reasons has gone away. The disruption to the local um, sports clubs, the, the local woodland, um, although it would, ne- would not have touched the local woodland, they, they um, suggested it would have been affected. Um, the, the canal, um, place where, where people walk dogs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All of those have gone away, except for the fact that it, it is on um, the green belt, and it, and it is. Uh, and for that reason, they just don't want it there. Um, but I personally think the green belt is not about just saying nothing gets done here, even though that land doesn't get walked on. You look at the bigger picture and you say, are there extraordinary reasons why this would actually benefit being here? And mm. the lists are, are massive for the com- local community and for the wider community of, of, uh, of Oxfordshire. So I get that people just aren't interested in, in our argument. You know, and I get that there are a lot of people who who just want it because we're Oxford United, and that's great. But there are a lot of people in the middle who, who have weighed this up and gone, do you know what? There's some real positives here. I may not be an Oxford fan, but there are some massive positives. And it's important to us and the club that we get those across. And, and, and of course, those those very real fears, like you say, will be addressed in any planning application. It's, it, it's not, as we've said all along, you know, before tonight's pod, right from the very start, we've said... All of these are very, very early stages. They're the, you know, they're the first hurdle in a in a very long race. And and even if they do say, yeah, okay, you can go ahead and we'll let's put forward some planning. That planning will have to be, you know, absolutely spot on. We can't just ride roughshod over planning. It's you know any any planning application will be will have to abide by all sorts of regulations. People will have an opportunity to challenge any planning object all of that sort of stuff you know it, it really does give us you know it, it's a starting point for more more discussion more challenge all of that sort of stuff and and then ultimately you you know the politicians the planners will come to a decision but but everyone will have their voices heard i i think more so in in the planning section than anywhere else which is you know an argument being put forward um by those who vehemently oppose is that oh there hasn't been enough consultation there has been consultation it's been done by the, the county council and it came out 80 percent of people in killington 80 percent were in favor of moving forward i think because many of them support this but also many of them realize that actually the place where you evaluate dispassionately and, and, and without the kind of um disappointing rhetoric that has often come along with this you know basically suggesting that that you know football fans are still a a, a 1980s uh, bunch of hooligans and you know constantly referencing our our owners mm. as foreign they, they are foreign but they're good people mm. you know why is that even an issue being brought up you know um actually what matters is seeing the project as a whole and that's when the real consultations will happen. And that will happen in planning and pre-planning and planning because um, to do anything beforehand prejudice will prejudice your, your planning. You know, you need to, 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 to put these ideas forward in planning and then be flexible. The club has shown they're flexible in, in, in the site itself looking, okay, you know, you, you, you don't like the Stratfield break site as much as you like the, the triangle. Let's see what we can make work there. And that's what we're doing now. You know, if we do put out these plans, and I've seen some visuals of what the club would like to do, 
just some ideas and it's a million miles away from a metal for stories of eight stories high and it'll block out the sun and you know <laughs> however many other scare stories these are beautiful eco buildings that absolutely they're, they're pieces of architecture good stadiums look stunning mm. um, and you know give us a chance as a club to show you what we can put there then everybody will have their their discussion don't try and shut it and that's what's happening at the moment mm. The argument's trying to be shut down before it started. Let the community decide. Let the community speak for itself it, it, in the right area. Let planners whose you know, job it is, whose experience it is, to decide on the merits, look at it. Then let's see where we go. That's all we're asking is for that chance to show the community what it can do. People are saying, oh, well, they'll never come through with these promises to do X, Y, and Z. Do you know what? Write them into the contracts that, that we'll have to sign. You know, we're not being given anything for free. We're looking to to lease this land. You know, we can be tied down to some of the agreements that, that we make with regards to the local community, what we do. You know, let us show you what we can do to mitigate the traffic issues, to, to get people onto the trains and buses. You know, and then when we're able to do that in an open and an honest way, that's when you make your decision. That's all they're asking. I think you're right. And it allows people to see what the actual facts of the situation are, you know, how with with plans showing where access will be, where where a potential bridge or footpath or whatever it might be to the station would be. It would it would allow people to to debate the whole stadium project with actual facts. And I think that's where mm. with, you know, you're absolutely right. Paul. We can't start showing plans until it gets to a planning stage because you you can prejudice the whole situation and you know there's there's routes you have to go through in the in the right order but i think you know let's say some of the scare stories about what oh it's going to be this it's going to be that it's going to cause all sorts of this problems it's like well like you say let's see the plans let it let it go to a point where we can show those plans and if if it does do all of those horrible things that people have said, well, fair enough, you've got a point. Like you say, it won't. You know, people will see what the club have got planned and it'll be, wow, this 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 is something that is world, you know, world standard. It's something that, or international standard is something that Neil McWilliams has often said. And I think it's, you know, the city deserves that. It's fitting of a world-renowned city. Mm, yeah. And, you know, people say, you know, I've heard people say, oh, what? Why don't, you know, the, these owners could just walk away and, and uh, do the same thing. You'll be in the same position. We, we won't. We won't allow that. The club all along have agreed to, you know, uh, as Oxfox, as representatives of the supporters, we've made it our priority to make sure that we get in writing that, that, that the club cannot be separated from the ground again. Um, uh, and because we'll be leasing the land off the, the council, we can write that into those you know, into those contracts, uh, you know, and we've made it clear our desire that that there's also written in that that, that the leasing um, uh, value, the, the the rental costs can't be increased exponentially and, and we can't be forced out that way. This is not because we don't trust the owners. This is because football clubs are football clubs. And if we get sold three, you know, yeah. three generations down the line or, or three, three sales down the line and somebody comes in that, that, that we can't, rely on completely we've got those safeties in features in place so you know that, this is why this is such an important thing for us at the moment yeah no, absolutely. that that is you know it, it's a huge thing like you said you've only got to go a few owners back and you you know you you run into people like robert maxwell and i think the the 
the city council, the county council, the supporters trust, everybody will be so focused now on, okay, if this does get the 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 the, the nod on Tuesday and things go forward and um and, and, you know we're we're looking now a couple of years ahead, but whatever agreements, contracts, etc., with regard to that lease are, are, are done, they will be so finely sort of um will gone over with a fine tooth comb that it you know there there won't be something in there that will allow owners down the line to to put the, the you know the 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 future of the club at risk it, it's you know the, the the county council i think have been burnt over 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 the past and it, it's you know they won't let that happen again as fans we won't let that happen again um and it, it you know it, you just got to trust that um well trust that it will get done um in terms of that triangle site you know and people say is it big enough it, it i've seen one or two um sort of mock-ups on twitter um somewhere it's actually a triangular pitch but I, I don't think the football league will allow that i know you know we really should have a proper shape pitch but but people have dropped in you know the kasam as it stands that fits somebody's even taken anfield which is 60 odd thousand and put that on and it fits now one of the things I think might with with Stratfield being bigger, it allows a bit more sort of space around. But I think a smaller site, we might end up with a with a, a stadium that that is very, very cleverly designed because of the some limitations on space. You know, it's not a huge site, but it's plenty big enough that we could end up with something that that actually isn't that kind of just a standard bowl football grounds it, it you know in the, you look at Brentford on a very small site they built a stadium of similar capacity that we're looking at on probably a tighter site you know that's, it, that's, the, a smaller the, site yeah a smaller mm, site and interestingly the same architects right yeah so it, it it can be done you know and I, and I think we we could end we could benefit weirdly you know it, it would be nice to have all that space being on a slightly tighter site in the end we might get something that's like oh wow that's not that they won't have thought about a really nice stadium on a bigger site but you know what i mean it's that kind of like right we've got to be clever with the space now uh, and in terms of uh, you know we were talking about having making it a a venue so you're not just turning up at 10 to 3 and then going home at five o'clock you, you know you, you gradually put fans arrive at the ground over a period of time enjoy you know a bite to eat and a drink and a catch up with friends and and make it a venue and i think you know that that's something that that i'm looking forward to see i must say you know how how that kind of um making it a venue rather than just a sporting two hours making it a venue for the whole day i'm i'm, I'm looking forward to how that might happen well and then you'll end up people at the games who aren't necessarily football fans to begin with they'll mm. become football fans because you're going for a day you're going yeah. for a day out and during yeah. that day out you'll watch the football it will be a hell of a lot easier to convince my wife to come than, <laughs> uh, than going oh we'll, we'll drive up and then it'll take us 45 minutes to get out of the stadium and we'll sit in a cold block of concrete in the meantime that's that's not appealing but if there are you know restaurants and and you know, even the club shop, it would yeah. be more interesting. Or a couple of hours at Pista Village before the game. You know, it, it, there's so much. Yeah, we're not made of money, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but this is it. There is a new dynamic to, to, to football support over the last 20 years. It, it really has changed and people demand so much more out of stadium. You look at what Tottenham's done. You look at what, um, 
you know, Brentford, what, 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 look at Brighton, Brighton, a similar catchment area to us. People talk about, um, can we fill a stadium? We're only getting 8,000, 9,000. Yeah, our averages are that because on the, you know, 10, 12 games where we could sell out twice over, we can't. Um, and also it's related to, to the stadium. Away fans don't like coming to a three-sided wind tunnel um, with the faint smell of sewage drifting over and, and which is really hard to get to. If, if you had um, the option of a train station, a beautiful model, modern stadium, you know, those would increase. And, and you, you look at, at um, Brighton's numbers, they were down below our six, 7,000 they were averaging. Um, uh, new stadium jumped to the, to the, um, uh, uh, the Amex and uh, that's up at 26, I believe it went to. And then up to 30 when they, uh, 30 plus when they uh, hit the, the Prem. You know, the, this is very doable. And like you say, an all day thing. I used to live in America. I used to, to coach football over there and um, um, they, they make a full day of their their uh, um, sporting. And for the money, you know, they go there, they, they do various things. And the club would love to do more to engage people. And think about the, the knock on for Kidlington. Um, these people will very often be coming, oh, well, we're going to Kidlington, we'll have a knock around the shops maybe get a drink in a few of the pubs and then we'll wander our way back up to the, uh, that's all money coming into the village. And, and you know, the people of, Kid, of, of Kidlington want that, I think. Yeah. I think the, something you said earlier hit home as well. If ever um, I invite a friend along or family member who isn't an Oxford fan or sort of follows Oxford sort of either because of me or because they're, they're from the area originally or whatever it is, when they, when I go, Oh, do you want to come and see the, the game? I should apologise before we get there. We know it's a rubbish stadium. We know it's only got three stands. I'm sorry about this. We've got a city that we can be incredibly proud of. It's got so much history. I've got some, some facts about the, the uni, which are, are sort of mind-boggling about. Like the, the uni itself is 100 years older than the Magna Carta. It's 150 years older than the Easter Island heads. Like think, things like that. It, it's technically older than the English language. The, the city, there's so much to be proud of. And then you've got the, the football stadium that you need to apologise before you take anyone to. As opposed to going, please come to a game. We've got mm. an incredible facility that represents Oxford wonderfully. It, it, the fact it's in the green belt and going to be a green stadium, incredible, like, amazing. So it's in the green belt and, and they've used that. It's, it's going to be this in, incredible thing that I can be really proud of as opposed to setting up with an apology. Paul, you meant, Paul Pete, you mentioned, you know, the, the, the demographic of, of the average football fan has changed, you know, over the, over the last 20 or 30 years. And um, we, you know, hi, Kath, you know, a previous fence ender, you know, is, is, the, uh, is coaching with the women's team. You know, that's something that, that they're not playing at the Kassam because it's too difficult to get agreement to get them to play there. If we've got, you know, the women's football is, is growing so quickly now. We've got, we've got a team in the third tier at the moment doing brilliantly. I did, you know, in a, in, if the season goes well and the playoffs go well, we could be in the second tier of, of women's football and, and playing that at a stadium befitting of, of the level they're playing at, you know, the, the kids team, the academies, everything about the, the club and the way it's structured is done 
in in a way that benefits the whole community you know we keep banging on about community but it's so so true you know we wouldn't be saying it if it wasn't true this is not a football club that is just focused on the first team the men's first team and that's it it's it's about the the community it's about kids it's about girls it's about boys it's about everybody in the community getting together and and, and improving people's lives through football and it it's yeah, it, like you say, Liam, it's that kind of having to apologise for, for a stadium that doesn't doesn't befit the city. It, it, mm. it really doesn't. I, you know, ultimately, if you're listening to this and you're not a, an Oxford fan and you're against the, you know, the 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 idea of a stadium there, well, okay, you know, accept that you've got res- reservations. But I think, like you know, the the takeaway from this is. Allow the club to present their plans. Allow the club to show you in some detail or in a lot of detail what they plan to do and how it might look and how they'll deal with the issues that you've got about parking, about fans, about where are they going to park? How are they going to get there? What's going to happen every day? You know, all of that, those fears, like you said earlier, but, you know, they're, they're genuine fears that people may have. They may have them because of, of, you know, of stereotypes that no longer play any part of football. And it it just needs, you know, that 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 process to be gone through, whereby hopefully on on Tuesday, the council say, yes, we will enter into negotiations. You know, we will say yes to a lease, but we need to see plans and it, it will all be, you know, everything you see is always subject to planning and i think that's that's the, the the big thing this is not a green light to start you know going in there with the bulldozers and start building something that's mm. going to take some time but but ultimately with with the support of our fans you know doing those three things we will tweet this out we'll put this on 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 the on the social medias but it's that sign the petition write to your councillor join oxfox all of those things you can do for free. It's not going to cost you anything. It's a, you know, it's a, it's five minutes on your computer or your phone doing those three things. And, and doing that is, is such an important thing. You know, that's, that's kind of the takeaway from the, I'm aware we're, 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 we're hour and a quarter in something like that, which is, it's a good one. We've not even talked about the football. Yeah. Um, I will say hi. I will say hi, Tim. I'll say hi to everybody, mm. you know, that normally listens. Um, but, but ultimately I, I guess that's the, that's the takeaway, isn't it? You know, if you're listening to this and you're listening to this before Tuesday, they're the three things you can do immediately. Once we get past Tuesday, there'll be a load of other things that we might be asking fans yeah, to we, do, we but ultimately, yeah, we can we can draw breath a little bit on Tuesday. Enjoy the game. Enjoy the game at Wickham, or go to Wickham and watch a game. Might not be enjoyable, but it's it, it's that build up to Tuesday is the is you know ultimately what we want the fans to do if they can. Yeah, as especially sort of looking at um, seven thousand people is is great, but each time we get to Wembley, there's between thirty and thirty five thousand go. Yeah, so if you are one of the 23 to 28,000 people that go to Wembley each time Oxford get there and you haven't done it yet, do it. Please do it. And you're absolutely right. It's massive. How long have we been asking? How long as fans have we been banging on the table going, got to sort the stadium, got to sort the stadium? But we are um, really well into a project that can get us the stadium sorted, get us. Um, financially sustainable uh, and get us our own home, which we desperately need. 
you know, the club have done that now. Now it's up to us. Now we can make a difference. And, and as in a football game, you just want to be in charge of your own destiny. Well, we've got a chance to be in charge of our own destiny. And all it takes is going on a laptop. At the moment, the key thing is going on your laptop and, you know, sign the petition. Most importantly, write to your councillors, flood them, let them know what we think. We do, we're residents. We're, we're part of this community. We deserve our, our voice. So let them know. And join Oxfox if you want to be a paid member. That's brilliant, but we do have a free option. You can join us, add to our numbers. We can go there and say we've got 2,000, 3,000 people behind us, as well as all the fans. So all those things are massive. It's a, it's a massive time for the club, and, and we can really make a difference now. And if, you, if you're listening from anywhere near the area and you are against the idea and just want to find out more information, firstly... Thanks for listening to all of this. It's it's really important that this dialogue happens. And secondly, I hope you've realised from listening to us that all we want is to be at home with you there. We don't want to impose. We don't want to cause any issues. We are a good football fan base and, you know, welcome us. And we want to, you know, turn up and, and use your shops and your, your cafes and, and pubs and have a good day and then leave in as good a state as we found it. <laughs> we do not want any any problem. We just want to Absolutely. share your lovely area. You've only got to look at, at what the football club and, and the supporters of this football club have done just in the last few years, during lockdown, during you know COVID times and, and things like the Chilwell Larder and, and things that I'm, I'm sure I'll, I'll have forgotten. But but there's it, 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 it's not... It, it, I think it's difficult for people who don't like football or go to football to understand that that it is that that sort of we talk about the football family and it is it's it's very much that there's so much good that's done by people who go and watch football because they they meet other people it's like what can we do to improve something right well okay during lockdown what can we do there's people on their own let's do something to to make sure that they don't feel like they're on their own in lockdown that you know that they've got someone to talk to the club during like that you know the the club were phoning fans just making sure everything all right just a voice on the other end of a phone it's you know and and charity walks that we've organized with the yellow army and and oxfox and and like I say things like Chilwell Larda to just think of a football club as 11 blokes running around a field chasing a bag of wind as it's been said you know it's so way way more than that and i think it, it, it you're right liam it, you know we we can be a good neighbor you know we we can bring positive things to kidlington and and around that area you know and and you know i i as as you know the, the best neighbors are if they're there if you need them but equally if you just want to keep your head down and keep quiet There'll be that as well because people will turn up, go to the football, and go home. You won't see them. It's not this sort of. There won't be thousands of people charging through the middle of Kidlington on the way to a game. They're just gonna, you know, oh, I got off the train. I want to go to the football. It, it's yeah, it's um, yeah. Al- allow us to be good, good neighbours. I think you're, you're absolutely right there, Liam. I suppose the 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 final thing from from us on the Fence End podcast is what we're going to call ourselves if we move. But that's, I think it's that's got to be the, the artist formerly known, formerly known as. as yes, yeah. yeah I think we got to that. Work. Go down the Prince that. route, <laughs> and a little squiggle. Yeah.
Well, unless uh, I, I, I'm, I'm aware we're, we're a long way, this might be one of the record-breaking pods in terms of <laughs> a, a single-issue pod, but we've, we've covered an awful lot of ground. And, and, and I guess after Tuesday, you know, we can focus a little bit on the football for a, for a week or two and then back on to hopefully talking about stadium again and, and, and what the next stages are. Um, final words from anyone, any, any final, anything you think we've not covered um, that we ought to? I'm just slightly worried at, at Liam's claim that, that A, I can't celebrate penalties anymore and that Manchester United are bigger than us. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was brilliant. Um, one thing I will say, you talked about the club doing nice things. Many years ago when we were still in the... Com- uh, in fact, no, we must have just been promoted because we were playing um, Accrington Stanley. The Accrington fans was going around with, um, with collection buckets because he was trying to raise enough money for oh, they were trying to raise enough money for his daughter to go to Disneyland because she uh, is is not very well, um, and my uncle sort of asked what the the collection was for, found out, grabbed a load of buckets, went around the priory and collected um, as well, and then we collected as a club a few times after that. Um, she's she's still alive, divine the odds. That girl, we we got her to Disneyland um she's still alive she's 15 now and through that one action that it, this this girl's father is a, a friend of my cousins and and my uncle now and it that friendship was born off the back of an oxford versus accrington game years ago that's what this club can do that's what football can do it is not the 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 80s view before the 80s view it's it's a wonderful community that great things can come from. Um, so you saying about good things that come come out of it, that is one story that I can relate to and I, I know still gets updated. And that's from over a decade ago. Yeah. And they are still friends of the family because of that. That just sums up what football can be and, and potentially what a new stadium could do to, to make stories like that far more frequent. I think we, as a football club, you know, allow us to to show you what we can do, Kid Linton. Well, Paul, Paul, Liam and Fraser, I thank you so much for joining us. Um, it's been very interesting. Like I said, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about it probably in a, in a month or two. Once, once the dust has settled from next Tuesday, um, and, and hopefully we, you know, we can talk about what the next positive stages or steps are of, of the journey to, uh, to the triangle. Um, but for now, thank you again. Uh, everybody take care of each other. Take care of yourselves and we'll, we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.